Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of Opera After Dark. Harry Potter. You can talk over me. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for the beautiful rendition. Today we're talking about the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, in honor of opening day of Fantastic Beasts and where to find them, we're doing a super nudie. <laughs> we are we are wearing clothes. Yeah. Sort of a super nerdy, excuse me, a super nerdy Harry Potter the Opera fantasy casting episode. You're just uh, fantasizing about Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. Not, okay, so I actually saw um, Equus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good play. So I, I have seen Daniel Radcliffe with no clothes on. And? So there. I really don't remember. We were very far away. I was uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a sexy moment. <laughs> no, it's, it's a really upsetting scene. Like, he's kind of having a breakdown. Yeah. Right. But then he started taking his clothes off, and I was like, no! <laughs> Well, for all three of you out there that have listened to more than one episode <laughs> of this podcast, you may uh, be hearing an unfamiliar voice. Who is this unfamiliar person? Uh, I guess first we'll introduce our our regularly appearing cast of players. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Elspeth. I'm Naomi. Uh, and joining us today is Miss Emily Marenker. Hi, I'm Emily, longtime listener, first time guest. We are very excited to have Emily on we the episode are. today. And basically, Emily said if we ever did a Harry Potter opera casting episode that she had to be involved or she would kill us. So, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Under yeah. threat of death. Under threat of death. I have a very forceful personality. Yeah. But That's you are okay. an opera enthusiast, a Harry Potter enthusiast, and thus are a great additive to this episode. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you. And a big opera after dark enthusiast. There we go. Oh, thank the you. trifecta. A, a, a triple threat. threat. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Naomi, you're going to go ahead and talk about the wine, and then do you want to explain how we are structuring yes. this episode? So, for our wines today, we have two lovely reds, of course. We almost always drink red on this podcast thus far. Yep. And... Usually, our regular listeners know we like to theme our wines according to the subject matter. And so, since we could not find a knockoff of butterbeer, we went for bottles that had mythical or thematic creatures on the labels. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, we have first a red blend uh, by Columbia Crest, Horse Heaven Hills, 2013. And it says... That Columbia Crest H3 wines were created to celebrate the winery's rich heritage in the Horse Heaven Hills, as well as its innovative winemaking and viticultural practices. Ooh. Les Chevaux, French for the horses, is a lively blend that presents rose petal aromas and cherry flavor, followed by smooth tannins that lead into a vibrant finish. And so on the label, we'll put this on our social media feeds, etc. There is a little swoop-de-doo with a Pegasus horse 
on the label. So yeah. Pegasus, mythical creature. And I will yeah. say that it is excellent because we have drunk the entire bottle before this episode started. <laughs> 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 yes. And then our second bottle was brought in by Miss Emily mm-hmm. for our episode, and it is called Terra Savia. It is a petite verdot made with organic grapes, uh, Mendocino Senil Valley Vineyards. It's a limited release. It has an epic image of an owl on the mm. label. A very Hedwig-esque owl. Absolutely. Yeah. It, I think it's safe to say that's a snowy owl. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. It's from California. Like me. Like Emily. <laughs> very good. And we like to think of it as a large organic garden in our front yard where we grow our wines in harmony with the nature around us. I think I skipped a sentence because that didn't make sense. But No, it did. Anyway, okay. We are happy with the <laughs> limits of our production and strive to produce the best quality of wines for the best price with as little impact on our surroundings as possible. Every practice is analyzed thoughtfully with an effort to make wise decisions, maintaining a balanced and healthy environment. So completely unhelpful in telling us what this wine tastes like or should be paired with, but you know their of, values. We know their values a little bit about the vineyard, <laughs> and it nice. has the epic owl. Mm-hmm. So you'll see these bottles on social media, and they both smell really good. And so far, the one we've drank tastes excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. super excellent. Yeah. So, uh, just to let everybody know, we actually have done a couple fantasy casting episodes already. However, their first shows that will not become relevant until the spring or the summer. So you'll hear about those later. Um, So we are doing Harry Potter, again, in conjunction with Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. And Naomi, why don't you tell everybody sort of the structure for this before everything goes like to hell in a handbasket. Right. So the way that we do this is everybody has individually uh, cast fantasy casting rosters. So we have a group of core characters. Usually we compile a list. Everyone gets sent the list of core characters. They all cast, we all cast our you know preferred singer for each character. And then we don't reveal it to each other until we actually record the episode live. So you get our raw reactions and debates. And usually we go through and we try and stay on topic and you know go down the list of what we do get distracted at times so we have a group of core characters that will go first then we usually do kind of extra characters or secondary, secondary characters mm-hmm. and uh and sometimes we delve into more conceptual ideas that we might have in our fantasy mm-hmm. opera production Ooh. so there's a lot of characters in harry potter and i'm just gonna uh, give you all a little disclaimer i have not read or seen any Harry Potter Terrible. at all. Ooh. I'm surprised everyone here is still friends with me, knowing this great deficit in my cultural Muggles. knowledge. You did bring snacks. I did those <laughs> snacks, okay. yes. Yeah. So I am going to act as moderator if the discussion gets too heated, but you won't hear much from me because I'm rather useless for this topic matter. But you can agree so. with all my casting choices. That will be very useful. <laughs> all right. Something I never thought that I would hear in regard to Naomi. Useless? Uh, useless in this topic matter. <laughs> I feel like Naomi knows something about everything. Even, That's true. even I have my limitations. So I'm going to hand it over to Elspeth, Kyle, and Emily, and I'm just going to uh, moderate and intervene when things get a little bit too heated, if they do. Okay, so I guess we should start with the title character. And Emily, since you are our guest, you may go first. Who did you cast as 
Harry Potter, and the boy who lived. Let me interject. This really is, this is fantasy casting. So this is like in a world where everybody's schedules are free, unlimited budgets. Absolutely. For you just yes. all of the stars that you could ever want, if that's what you should choose. Mm-hmm. But we do only cast living singers. So this isn't oh, like a enough. mishmash yeah, yeah, yeah. of okay. eras oh, and true. time periods. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Only right. living singers. That would be tricky. So sorry. Yeah, it never even crossed my mind. Okay. For Harry Potter, mm-hmm. The Boy Who Lived, I cast Jonas Kaufman. Hmm. Uh, we put him in everything. <laughs> we do. I mean, there, there is a certain The Chosen One vibe. I, yeah, about the hair Jonas. and everything. I just think he's like, too handsome. Well, the, the looks did help, I have to say. I, I know that shouldn't be the case, but I want to be completely honest. Um, I also want to say that in a previous iteration of my entire cast list, I did have Matthew Polanzani. Mm. Oh, I kind of like Matthew Polanzani. I, I kind of like that a little bit better because I feel like his voice is kind of lighter. You know, Jonas Kaufman has this huge heroic kind of tenor. And well, that, that's the heroic part that I think I was responding to because, like, yeah. Harry is this. I mean, whether you like it or not, or I mean, I think actually the character of Hermione does a lot of that work, frankly. Fair enough. But on the surface of things, Harry is your big savior. You're very classic. You know, something almost Germanic about that, even though he's, he's like the boy an English lived. boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Elspeth. I chose Paul Appleby. I thought that you might. I love Paul Appleby. Yeah. <laughs> I think he could sort of project that sort of innate sweetness, and I think he could play the younger and also the more heroic, and I really, I just love his voice. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. Great voice. Yeah. So. God, this is so. I don't want you guys to be upset with me. Oh, here it comes. You cast a woman, didn't you? I was going to say this is so polite. Pants roll? <laughs> yes. I would go for it. Oh. Did you cast Isabel Leonard? Kyle, no! So the thing is, no, that's, and so remember I said to you like earlier this week that mine was more like I have a a certain concept that I went with? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was just so struggling Did you change the genders of everybody? No, not everyone. Actually, I think that would be interesting, but okay. But I was struggling to cast like, because I mean, so many of the main characters are are like children or teenagers. Yes. And I was struggling with that dynamic. Like for Mm. me, even like Jonas, even though he's so heroic, like I can't play an 11 I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I believe him as being like any, you know, 11 through 18. Right, I just Fair don't enough. know if I can do it. And so I was like, I was, and I actually started with the more traditional casting, but then was having so much trouble. And then when I started thinking about pants rolls, it became easier for me. And it was your girlfriend. Yeah, which is weird. Your opera but, girlfriend. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, my incredulous huge. accusation that you chose Isabel Leonard was really just because he chooses her for everything. Everything. Because he has a big crush on her. Yes. You put she's, her as the lead for everything. She's an incredibly talented <laughs> acting singer. <laughs> she particularly really she, in a yes. pants role. Yeah. I can't so, argue that. It, I, I, won't, I won't like spoil it right now, but she does appear on my list. Ooh. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm having noticed she's not on my list at all, and that is basically a protest against you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, so I'm Isabel Leonard that. is my Harry Potter. All right. I feel like she well, would be psyched to know that we want her to play Harry Potter. I think Potter. she would be yeah. stoked like, about Harry Potter, and she would do it, n- well, by I me. <laughs> <laughs> but by the not prospect the of playing Harry Potter, she would be stoked. Yeah. Well, Naomi, are you going to be, be really like good. a judge where you decide who this is going to be? Because it should be Paul Appleby. 
I feel oh. like I don't have the knowledge to really judge fairly, but I I'm feel... right. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Also, I'm friends with you all and want to remain that way, so I am not going fair, to call judgments. Fair. I'll just, you know, validate certain thoughts that. Yeah, and and I feel recognize that, that for for various reasons that now like. I may throw a wrench into things because I've decided to do all of these mm. pants rules. Mm. But no, then no, it's good again, to think your about. concept. Yeah, it is the concept. And it is a well, I guess I did not have a pants roll for any of mine. So. I actually, I think I had one and I changed it. I'm scanning this. Do you? So do do you want to go straight down then, or? Um, I think so. And if it leads us in a different direction, it leads us in a different direction. But um, again, well, if you're listening, if you're still listening, I know. <laughs> um. You know, reach out to us on social media and let us know who you think is right or who you think yes. would be. I, w- I would be grateful for some yeah. casting assistance because, believe it or not, there were a couple of fairly large roles that I oh, me oh, too. Yeah. I had no I had no feeling about. No. And then there were some like smaller parts or a character or a creature that appears like in, in one book or more briefly that I was like, yes, this is it. Absolutely. I love mm-hmm. it. And then there's this major character and, you know, the universe is sending me nothing. Yeah, I exactly. I would love to have people just like on Facebook just comment with a full, a full cast, full cast, cast list. list. Down. Yeah. That would be yeah. great. Maybe sure make it an image. That and you can feel, I'm you sure. Can it in, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there will be patterns that, mm-hmm. that emerge. Yes. All um, right. So moving on to character number two. Yeah. <laughs> the most important character. Hermione. Hermione, Hermione. Danger. Uh, Kyle. I, Did so you that, pick a dude? No. <laughs> this was really challenging for me because yeah. um, Hermione is a pretty complex character. Yep, absolutely. And for me, the, the thing that prevailed was that it needs to be somebody that has like a lot of range and mm-hmm. that can do a lot and can express a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if like the imagery matches up, but I chose Deanna Damrow as Hermione. Oh. I know it's weird. I know it's interesting. But... I, I wanted somebody who could like be like kind of sweet and pretty, but then also like kind of go queen of the night on your ass. <laughs> so uh-huh. that was mine. Yeah, and also I mean, as I was doing this, yeah. I picked out other random like comparisons to random operas that just stuck out to me mm-hmm. in regards to certain relationships or characters. Okay, mm-hmm. so Elspeth, you're not into that. Yeah, not not seeing much enthusiasm over there. Who's your Who's your Hermione? Um, I don't know if you guys know who this is, but it's this Irish mezzo, because obviously Hermione is a mezzo. Um, <laughs> Kyle clearly disagrees. Not in my concept. Yeah. <laughs> named uh, Tara Arout. I know of her, and I love her. Oh. And I, I peeked at your sheet and thought, that is so clever. I think great not that I've read the books, but I've seen like commercials mm-hmm. and things with Hermione in it, and it like matches the visual that I would imagine very closely. She looked like Emma Watson. I mean, kind of. Mm. Like, same coloring mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I wish Emma Watson was an opera singer. I bet you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Isabel would be dethroned, wouldn't yeah, she? Yeah, per- right. perhaps. I Maybe. Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Why about you, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I, I don't object to Diana as strongly as you seem to do. However, mm. I do agree with you that she's a mezzo. Nice. Um, I cast yeah. Caitlin Zink. Mm. Yeah, okay, I can see that. All right, so... Interestingly. Is she playing Ron? Yes. <laughs> oh, she's what her own buddy. But the thing was, is that like as I was casting and going back and forth between doing these pants roles, I was like, oh, Kate Lindsay would actually be a really good Hermione. Mm. 
So I could totally see her. If we're saying that Hermione is a mezzo, I would really be on board with Caitlyn Z. I'm going to say something really wicked here, and that, like, I, yes, I kind of like her as Ron, except that I don't really like Ron the character that oh, much. That's fair. And that's I fair. and it's like I don't want to waste Kate Lindsay on Ron just because yeah. I don't like Ron, which is completely <laughs> unfair to absolutely everybody. I mean, he's a very good-natured idiot. He's he's a doofus. Yeah, he's a good friend, I guess, but he doesn't bring anything to the action and the adventure, really. He brings his parents, and his parents are great. Okay, yeah, he brings his family, which is amazing. And his sister. He brings his sister, although Ginny was never one of my favorites. I mean, like, I didn't oh, dislike really? her. I was just like, eh, okay, take yeah. it or leave it. Okay. His parents are great. I had much more fun casting parents. Um, I and then too. I guess he brings, like, knowing how to play chess in the first story, but... <laughs> That's true. Which I don't know how to play chess, so way to go, Ron. Okay, so that was a great segue. So then, who are who are your Rons? Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. Weasley. Um, again, I don't know if anybody knows who this is, but um, oh, man. actually, you I went cast all another. Obscure. No, I cast another tenor. Elspeth lives in Brooklyn. I know. <laughs> Do you also live in Brooklyn? No. She lives in Manhattan. Um, I do Manhattanite. My God. I cast another tenor, a guy named David Portillo. I've who has sung at the Met a bunch? He has this like super cute little baby face. What has he done at the Met? Uh, barber. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that he would be a really sort of lovable Ron. I think yeah. Ron has to be lovable yeah. to get away with some of the shit that Ron pulls. He has like that comedic element. I don't know if it's because of Rupert Grint. Uh, and Naomi, just so you're aware, that's the person that plays Ron in movies. Okay, okay. Um, I don't know if it's because of Rupert Grint, but if we're casting like traditional uh, genders, mm-hmm. I could see Ron as being a baritone. Like, if, if everybody was like adult age, mm-hmm. I would think that Ron might be a baritone. Yeah, I also always love the combination of mezzo and tenor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wanted Hermione and Ron to be mezzo and tenor. Totally. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah, I, I have to say that was what directed my thoughts on Ron. Mm-hmm. Who, who is, did you pick for Who him? is Matthew Polanzani. Uh, oh. I love him. I think, I, right, I, think I just wanted to get him in there somewhere. Totally. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, not as a throwaway, though. I but. feel like I always forget how fantastic he is because he's always like so consistently good in everything. I'm just he like, is. oh yeah, Matthew Polanzani. Yeah. He's great. Well, that also kind of feels wonderful. like, like you know, he's there. He's supportive. Like, you know, Stable. they're a trio. Just always like that. He's always there. Yeah. He's the rock. Okay, so on that note... Oh, God, Kyle. I don't... Oh, come on! <laughs> Just keep coming some... I'm going to sidebar to a secondary character because okay. I did cast Matthew Polinsani in a, in a different character. Okay. Who? I cast him as Remus Lupin. Oh! Interesting. And there's a couple things that I want to see as a result of that that I got really excited about. Okay, I'm so going to argue, but when, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, so how great would it be to see Matthew Polinsani singing an aria that's like as he's changing into a werewolf? <laughs> I mean, how would that work, like, stagecraft-wise? Oh, um, you could do like, so many great yeah, things with that. use your imagination. I just mean where, like, he's, like... Maybe he starts out fully as himself, and he's singing about like you know how terrible it is to become a werewolf and like maybe kill your own friends or what you know like you never know. I mean, it could be he a great doesn't. it could be a great all right. No, he's a good werewolf kind of thing. A good werewolf. Um, okay. But I I think that would be a fantastic. I mean, the whole morphing aria. I'm seeing amazing lighting effects. I think yeah. getting some really like you know 
bizarre kind of chords and jumps in the lyric. I mean, it'd probably be ex an exhausting aria to yeah. to physically sing and produce, but I think because of like the physical and emotional changes that the character undergoes, particularly given his attitude towards it, would be really fun to depict. And if you get like a good costumer and great design, I mean, I think I, I would say like you know, you know, a, a suit kind of comes off or or sheds away or flips over. I've always been a fan of certain kinds of stagecraft and stage design that you can see taking place, mm -hmm. depending how it's executed. Like I quite like when you see um, actors or singers move pieces of the set or whatnot. Like like the mm -hmm. current production of Barbara of Seville, you see a little bit of that, and you know I think that's kind of interesting. And it's kind of a nod to the fact that this is this is theater. We're not doing what cinema can do. That's a whole other thing. Right. Um, yeah. But he's also, a, but he's a baritone. What's wrong with you? I, so I cast originally. Yeah, I cast Remus it. Is a baritone. Originally, I cast. Got a howl at baritone, the moon. But who did, exact, who, did, who did? Who did? Well, who did he have? Oh, is well. Also, just really quick, I think it would be great to have a howl be like a tenor howl. No. But, you know. Like the, <laughs> Even in the... Even no, in the, no. <laughs> incorrect. Okay. Well, so, so, let me rephrase that. I disagree with you. Yeah, that's fair. No, fair, fair, fair. wrong. So do you want to jump right into... I have another no. reason why I wanted him to be Lupin, but it, it can wait. Um, I cast Marius Cation. Oh, interesting. As Lupin. And also, I want to piggyback on that, and I cast Luca Pizzaroni as Sirius Black, because I feel like they're a unit, and they would be fantastic together. So I, <laughs> I cast... Marius Kavishan as Sirius Black. Oh, you did? And the reason that I cast uh, Matthew Polansani as Lupin is because I feel like there's such a great chemistry between Polansani and Kavishan. Exactly. Yeah, so how much, like, how would you love, or how much would you love to hear, like, a duet where they're singing about, like, their best friend James, who's dead. Yeah. Like a Pearl Fisher's duet? Yes! <laughs> that, that was an amazing duet. However, you could still hear a duet in my opera, though of a different nature, because I cast Maurice Kvetchen as Draco. Whoa. Oh, that's interesting, because I did not pick a Draco, because I couldn't think of anyone. I... There's something kind of impish and compelling in his... His acting on stage, as well as what he conveys in his voice, which is beautiful and velvety, and I really liked it. And I actually, I have a note here, like I wrote it out and everything, that if I saw Harry Potter as a baritone, which I just don't, like I wanted to, because I quite like those slightly deeper, richer tones, yeah. that I would have cast Gretchen as uh, Harry Potter. But I really felt that, that he was a tenor. Yeah. Yeah. No. Who did you I cast as Lupin then? Simon Keenly's side. Oh. Oh, that's Fair nice. Enough. I like it. Yeah. He always comes those, up too. He's all, great. All he's, of those guys guy. were in my mind. And yeah. I actually yeah. had for a bit had um, Lupin cast as Peter Matei. Oh. Uh, oh okay. Also on my list. But that, yeah, he, I moved him somewhere else. But look, we don't have to delve into the world of slash fan fiction, but if we do for just one <laughs> second, Remus and Sirius are a major pairing, and that was in my mind the whole time, and I just thought Luca and Marius would look very good together. I really wanted stage. to cast Luca, um, but I didn't end up. But you know who I thought I he looked like kind it. of like? I mean, we're really all over the place now. That's fine. I love but I think, James. I think he looks like a James. Oh, see, that's interesting, because I will take that, because I have a big blank space next to James Potter. I had Nathan Gunn. <gasps> I had Nathan Gunn as Sirius. Oh, look at that. Mm. 
And, and some lower voiced men were just interchanging all yeah. of them. Right. Well, I, I felt like that was good for, you know, you know, the godfather, the wise figure, but he's got a very playful, at times immature quality to him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you're Harry's godfather, not his buddy. I mean, I realize that you've been like locked up in prison as a dog for years, so it's kind of weird. Right, right, right. But speaking of that <laughs> whole thing, so confusing for you, yeah. Naomi. Sorry, Naomi. <laughs> let, me, let me explain this. So Sirius Black, who is Harry Potter's godfather, among many other interesting character traits, mm-hmm. um, he was wrongfully imprisoned for many years, and he ultimately escapes because one of his um, magical abilities is that he can transform into an animal, and the animal he can transform into is like a big black dog. Like okay. a huge black dog. Kind right. of like a dire wolf, but okay. not. But good-natured, right. and um, part, of, part of me, when I was thinking about it, was when I thought of Nathan Gunn, because I was actually listening to him in... Mary Widow, I think, when it kind of leapt out at me. Point being that I was listening to his voice and was like, Nathan Gunn, great serious. And then as I was toying with the idea, I remembered him as Papageno and a lot of the great stage presence and kind of like embodying the animal to a certain, and I was like, Mm. perfect, he can do serious in both his forms. Uh, Plus he's awesome. Like Mm. actually like dog form. I feel like he has such like a warm, yeah, presence that I feel Mm -hmm. like he would be a good James, a good dad. You know? Well, just to round out, it seems like we've gone through all of our casting of those, like, bros. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I had Paul Appleby as James Potter. Oh. Um, I, I feel like he's, he's too young for me. Well, if Make I'm doing up. the whole pants roll thing, that's know, that. He, yeah, that's true. Besides, <laughs> they, they were like parents of an infant when they died, so that's James, true. James and Lily oh, are yeah, pretty They could young. technically be like 25. I was going to say, for, forever yeah, yeah. 28. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In everybody's memories. All right, so let's jump back to major characters. Um, who did you have for Draco? Oh, no, am I going to hate this? No, I think <laughs> you should love it. Um, so Draco is one of the children. Ergo, pants, pants roll. roll. Uh-huh. Alina Garancha <laughs> as Draco Malfoy. Come on. Can't you see it? <laughs> Draco just became a lot snarky in my mind. Right? So, I think she could be totally like evil and. If you go on YouTube, there is um, there are a group of students either from um, University of like Michigan or Minnesota, whichever one of those schools has this really huge, really well known musical theater program, and they wrote Harry Potter the musical. Oh yeah, the Harry Potter musical. <laughs> the Harry Potter musical, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is ridiculous and amazing, and for some reason they never explain. Draco is played by a woman, mm-hmm. and she is perfection in it. She's so ridiculous and she's so good. So, okay, Kyle. Thank you. <laughs> we should we'll link to Very Potter Musical. We will. It's super stupid, but I it's so entertaining. I actually haven't gotten through it because I like I've started <laughs> watching it and I'm like, "Oh, I don't." Well, the stuff they do with Coral and um, Voldemort being played by two different people but being the same person is in, like it's really funny. It's okay. really clever. I'll have to invest the time. But Ron's But yeah, awful, Alina Garancia, that was also part of like the, the coloring, you know, like with the yeah. blonde mm-hmm. hair. Because wigs don't exist and in the theater. I understand that they <laughs> do. But also, well, I think she's she... She's very like, you know, very severe. Yes. Features and, yeah, I, I think she could embody that. Yeah. I'm the only one that's excited about this. I'll be excited I'm agreeing. No, I, I, mean, I, I like Alina Garancia, and I understand your argument. I just think it's based a little bit more on the movie portrayal. That's fair. Than yeah. the character in the book, which, you know, fair enough. And I really like uh, blanking on his name, but whoever played him in the movie was really good. Tom Felton. Thank you. Yeah. 
Well, also, it's. I guess I should. It's the proper time for me to come clean right now. You've and never read the books. No, no, no. <laughs> I've read through the fourth book, <gasps> but have not finished reading the series. But I've seen all of the movies millions of times. All right. Spoiler alert: the dinosaurs did it. Ah. Am I the supposed book's to get very that? different. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> it's on my list. Silence. It's on my list. I was like, I'm going to stick with the movies now. Um, all right, so Ginny. Ginny was a pretty easy cast for me. Okay. Um, I put Nadine Sierra. Oh. Ah, okay. That's good casting. I thought she'd be good in that. Yeah, I kind of struggled with Ginny, but I ended up with Anita Harte. Because I wanted somebody yeah, with like a, ve- like a pretty light, but like very pretty sound. Yeah. Um, like a very pure, just mm-hmm. beautiful sound. Even though we first encounter her when she's quite young in in the books and the movies, respectively, I was actually feeling a, a little bit more um, of a mezzo for that. I think oh. because she, I mean, the character she has some grit to her, mm-hmm. um, and I'm also sort of thinking of her Quidditch self, which is like their basically airborne soccer on broomsticks game that they play, yep. Naomi, um, <laughs> and, she, and she's like a really good player, and you know, tough, and she you know, not afraid player. of mud, that sort of thing, uh, so I went with Susanna Phillips. Mm. I do agree that Susanna Phillips sort of exudes this like wholesome, kind of all-American, even though Ginny is British, kind of like she's farm British? girl. Ginny. 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 Oh, Ginny. <laughs> Sorry. I thought, okay. This, like, farm girl appeal, even though she is a soprano and not Oops. a mezzo. I mean, whatever. It's still, like, the All same right. thing. Hang head in shame. No. No, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. I'm down with it. Shall we move on? Who's next? Neville, Neville. Longbottom. Neville got super hot in the movies. Longbottom. He did. And okay. in real life. In real life. Emily, who'd you have for Neville. This is actually one of two roles that I had an alternate because I kind of wanted weigh in and I wasn't entirely sure how I felt about it, to be honest. First choice is Anthony Roth Constanzo. Oh, I had him for a different part. I had him as an alternate for a different part, and I'm kind of curious if it's the same one, but... um, so, <laughs> okay, great. Um, So he's a, a countertenor, which I thought would be interesting to set Neville apart, set him apart in the group of singers, because that's not a a voice that you hear as regularly, but also it sets him up in sort of interesting and and quite literally higher contrast to Harry, and in the way that the stories go, he could have been the boy who lived, Mm -hmm. the savior, Voldemort's nemesis, all of that, except for a few little quirks along the way sort of thing. And I felt that lent itself to that oral counterpoint, if you okay. will. Okay. No, I hear what you're saying. No. I had uh, Stephen Costello mm. as Neville Longbottom. He's so cute. Oh, I do like I that. I considered him like before I decided to go with all these ladies play boys. Lady I, uh, boys. Yeah, who's, yeah. Your, who's your lady boy? I, well, no, I thought of uh, Stephen Costello as a Draco. Oh, that's interesting. I thought you I could, could be persuaded. Yeah, could yeah. Who did you have for Neville? Was it a woman? It was a woman because. <laughs> This is yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I always mispronounce her first name, even though it's not a hard one. Um, Tamara Mumford. Tamara. Tamara Mumford. Maybe it's Tamara. I don't know. Tamara. <laughs> I have no idea. Go and with Mumford. We know how to say that. Yes, yes. Ms. Mumford. Ms. Mumford. <laughs> but in any case, I actually, the only time I've seen her live was in um, Anna Bolena. 
and she was like that kind of doofy page boy. Smetom. <laughs> 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 yeah, yep. which I kind of, I was like, yeah, I could see that as like Six a... Six is one like... It's like a Neville. Yeah. There is a little bit like Neville. But I feel like but I feel like again that's more of a movie quality. And I but I agree with you. Which is actually why, in a way, I felt like the film sometimes did a disservice to that character. Yeah. Like they had to make him less cool and like literally more clumsy so that he didn't usurp Harry. Yeah. And they really had to push that in the later films once that actually got hot. Super hot. Really yeah, didn't hot. they give him fake teeth that still looked kind of fuzzy? They did. They, they, did. And they, they, they worked like, to make him less physically yeah, attractive. I think and even yeah. in the beginning, they put like cotton balls or something in his, his oh, pool really? to give him like yeah. chipmunk cheeks, cheeks yeah. and stuff like it that. It sounds a little more extraordinary than Naomi's Naomi, facial expression pull, would lead me to believe. Do, do a we'll before going, and after. I'm going to yeah. pull up a picture of this guy with like a totally deformed face. No, 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 no. Give her, give Naomi a before and after Neville Longbottom. Just so he was supposed to be like a like a very straight up solid like beta character, beta friend. Do and make the after when he's like an underwear model. <laughs> oh, I have, yeah, I have yeah, not yeah, seen yeah, that yeah. picture. Yeah. Could you please send me so that one? So here's okay. in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah, and we'll put all of this on the website. This is going to be a really amazing yeah, blog yeah. post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to put it on the website. Kyle will put it all up there. Yeah, I'll put it up there. <laughs> Elspeth writes totally most of our cool. blog posts, and they're super witty. Everyone, while Elspeth looks it up, you should read the blog and posts. This is they're what really he fun. looks like as an adult. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh. He's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Oh, she's blushing. She's fanning herself. Oh. She's falling down. It's amazing. <laughs> Shall we move on? I'm, I'm excited yeah. for this one. Dumbledore. Oh, Dumbledore. I am excited Dumbledore. as well. Kyle, who did you cast? Okay, so this is an interesting one. Is it one. a woman? Nope. <laughs> it's a man, a very old man, as in not currently singing, but I think he Will would... come out of retirement? Yeah. Who? So alive. Cheryl Milnes. Dumbledore. <gasps> But like current oh. Cheryl Mills. Okay. He seems like he's still a pretty vivacious guy. Yeah, yeah. Emily, yeah. who do you think him? James Morris. I I considered him as well. Yeah, that was yeah. my backup if you guys were like, Cheryl Mills can't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine is the best though. Sir Thomas Allen. Ah, oh, that would be pretty good. He's British. I like Cheryl Mills, because Dumbledore needs mm. to be and Cheryl Mills, I mean, I, yeah. I don't think he'll listen and also don't think he'd be offended. He's old. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he, he made his med debut 50 years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and so, so is Dumbledore. Like, that's what I'm saying. Dumbledore needs to be like very old. I standing by my casting. With okay. some due On respect, Elspeth, I like mine best, and then Kyle's casting. Nice. Assuming Kyle could persuade Mr. Milnes to come out of retirement, which yes. I'm sure you could. Even though I know nothing about this character, like is Placido not in the running for this? Uh, no, no, because I have him somewhere else. No, okay. okay, so I'm not going to weigh in on Dumbledore. Let's move on to Voldemort. He shall not be named. He must not be named. I, had I think we'll agree on this. Anthony Rothcastanza has Voldemort. Okay, I knew what? you were going to say that, and I cast David Daniels. Oh, so we're both singing the same thing. Well, they can cover of... each other and, you know, drunken for each other. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a very demanding role. You guys are... Not ca- to mention oh, so having your face I'm thinking, like, a very unearthly... Exactly. Like kind so of I, I wanted something yeah. incredibly ethereal and... Stop frowning at me. No, 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 I'm not frowning at you. I'm just The other role that leapt to my mind, and if he were still alive, I would also have him compose this, would be Benjamin Britten's Oberon. Oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me that's not amazing. 
You can't. Exactly. I think it's a great yeah, yeah, yeah. idea. And I think, you know, he had this whole coming back from the dead thing. And I think a countertenor would be really interesting as sort of the epitome. Yeah, yeah. I, I absolutely, I am really, really addicted to, not addicted, I am really wedded to this concept of being somehow beyond and mm-hmm. other. And, and maybe and that's be- something to do with the films because Ray Fiennes in the movie has this very sort of yes. high-pitched, very breathy kind of voice the whole time, which I find extremely unsettling. unsettling. Yeah, yeah, which which I liked. And yeah. I think as as much as I like here, I mean, counter-tenor singing is extraordinary. Of course. But there is something still to my ear very strange about it. And perhaps it's because I don't hear it as much. It's not quite as common. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that does a great service to the nature of this part and the music that would go with it. So Anthony Roth Constanzo was, was my secondary choice for Voldemort. And partly because I wanted that role to stand out so much, um, I had him as as Neville, you'll recall. My alternate for that was um, Pyotr Bexala. I apologize for mispronouncing that. Whoa, as Voldemort? Oh, no, as no, no, Neville. No, no, as, Neville. As, oh. as, as, as Neville. Oh, I could totally see I like him that as Neville. a little bit yeah, more, because yeah, yeah. I like them all sort of grounded in, quote-unquote, the real world, and then right. Voldemort is the one that has his ethereal... Yeah, yeah. and so I liked, I liked Bexala and the tenor voice for Neville there, although because he, as the sort of, you know, alternate reality version of the Harry Potter figure, as mm-hmm. it were, I thought it would be actually kind of interesting to have him linked to Voldemort in the sense that they are both the same vocal type. Uh, no, I could be interesting. I mean, Kyle, who are you thinking? Yeah. I feel like you picked like a bass or something. No, see, so yeah. I wasn't thinking like this whole countertenor thing, which, but after hearing you talk about it, I'm to- I can totally be on board with mm-hmm. that. But for some reason, I did think baritone. And also, this was a very visual thing. So he's right now in Hoffman in mm-hmm. London mm-hmm. and oh. playing the villains. And they have him in like this really, like, he's in a bald cap. And just very the visual. I when I saw it, I immediately thought of Voldemort. And I'm trying to pull this up, but mm. I'm slow, so I'm never. I had able to Thomas Hampson as Lucius. I had Thomas Hampson oh. as Lucius as well. Yeah. Oh, our first convergence. Well, I, I, I guess Constanzo is kind of a convergence, but only kind of. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I com- obviously I completely agree with Hampson as yeah. Lucius Malfoy. I think yeah. that would be wonderful. Um, and the, had, the looks as well as the voice. Actually. I had the real obvious choice. Of Lucius, <clears throat> be once again because wigs don't exist. Dmitri Vorostovsky. No. Come on, dude is Lucius. No, he's not. <laughs> Dmitri Vorostovsky is totally Snape. Oh. Oh, and that leads us. Well, we'll skip one. We'll come back to it. Mm. I had Peter Matei as Snape. Oh, I like that too. I had Peter Matei as well as Snape. Another conversion. Wow. Yeah. This is really working out. Okay, I, I pulled up this thing of Thomas Hampson that maybe we'll link to on the website or something. He looks like the mummy from the Brendan Fraser movies. Oh man, I love that movie. Boy. Yeah, well, breaking up your convergence, I also cast Peter Matei, but I had him as Arthur Weasley. Oh, oh that's I nice. had Prince Herfel. As Ar- Arthur Weasley? Yep. He oh, was my Hagrid. Oh, I did not cast Arthur Weasley. I had a couple in mind, but I couldn't really settle on anything. So. Well, I, I wanted the baritone for the father figure. Yeah. He's a wonderful father, but there's also something kind of lovable and humorous about him. Like, he does always manage to sort of, you know, smile even when times are tough kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And for some thing. And for some reason, the way Matei did uh, Figaro yeah, yeah. reminded yeah. me of that. But of course, he, he can do gravitas and serious... I mean, like he, sorry, spoiler alert, folks, he loses a child yeah, yeah, um, yeah. during the course of the story. 
you know, Sorry, there's Naomi. some some really. <laughs> Which one though? He has a lot. Yeah, so. it's not like nine of them. Um, uh, that's not how it works. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you love them all equally, and he would because he is Arthur Weasley, and he is wonderful. And that's it true. reminded me of Parsifal, where you know he you know he commands this completely different kind of vocal characteristic. Mm-hmm. So I, I put of, him in there. So kind of to reinforce that thought, mm. as I was trying to cast Arthur Weasley, I thought of Gerald Finley, probably because mm. I just saw him in, in Guillaume Tell, and mm. he was like great fatherly figure. But then the reason that I didn't like solidify that was because I didn't know Arthur Weasley's kind of a goofball. Yeah, he has mm. a goofy my, And I didn't Gerald know if Finley that was quite Gerald good Finley. James. Oh, oh, I yeah. mean, to, I well, as you were, we might recall, you know, five hours mm-hmm. ago, I mentioned my James was blank, so I might just take Gerald Finley and yeah, yeah, stick yeah, him in there. Well, so Emily, I think I heard you say mm-hmm. after Elspeth said that she had Bryn Turfle, that Bryn Turfle was your Hagrid. You heard correct. He is my Hagrid as well. My Hagrid is Agents. My Hagrid is Eric Owens. That's a good one. Yeah, that, and that sort of pairing with that, and if he could magically sing with himself, this would be hysterical and wonderful. I cast Eric Owens as Aragog. <laughs> the spider. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Uh, not just a spider, no. a giant king spider of literally mythical and magical proportions. I did not have an Aragog, so. Yeah, my only regret about that is that it's not a big enough role. I mean, I would wish to give him more stage time, literally more air time if I could. Than the character of That Aragon. was the other hard thing about some of these things. So when you think about Harry Potter as an opera, mm. are we doing like an epic ring style or ring cycle esque where it's like multiples, several parts, or is it like just one really long opera where you take a lot of highlights? I think you got to do several. I no? would I would like to do like ring cycle style. I mean, seven would be a bit extreme. Yeah. I mean, I would never sit through Maybe that. Maybe like five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was thinking like the cool longer. thing about opera is that like there's already so many operas where like when the opera begins, you're just already supposed to know about all of these different plot right. elements. That have the already playbill happened. is magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you like you know a, something happens in the first act and then you come into the second act and it's been like three years and yeah. right. <laughs> X Y and Z is happening. So happened, it like starts with Dumbledore being it. like, "You're a wizard." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We could, we could skip like a couple of books that way. Actually, exactly. there, there's some that you know deserve to be skipped. So I mean, yeah. Naomi is like the only person that doesn't know these stories. So we could start yeah. whenever. The only person. Yep. Yeah. And I would do my homework so that I would know. Yeah, but that's so. Then when it comes to the subject of like some having all of these amazing singers, like certain people may not want to come on for like such a small little mm-hmm. Aragog role. Oh, but. I think Eric Owens would do it. He strikes me as like a good team player. That's and true. I, I would I make agree. sure that he had a really cool costume. So I think the only character left of our primary characters is Professor McGonagall. Yeah. I had... Wait, did we hear your Snape? Yeah, mine was Peter Mattei. Peter Mattei. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I blanked. Yes, Snape. Snape. Um, I had... Snape. Bert. Severus Snape. <laughs> Oh, he's a theme song. <laughs> a leitmotif. For McGonagall, I had Sandra Rabinowski. Me as well. Oh, look at that. Whoa, look at that. I know. Which, that was another one where, on the off chance that ever in her life she was listening to this, I need to identify that clearly she is not old enough to Girl, be... Girl, you're way too young, but yes. I think you'd be great in it. But She's we... such a sassy, fun character. That, that is just a credit to 
Sandra's acting ability right there. Exactly. exactly. Don't you want to be Maggie Smith? I do. Yeah. She could act it, and also you need just like a powerhouse voice yep. in that role. I am she very just grateful that you both said that because I was drawing a blank for McGonagall, and oh, it was wow. it was torturing me. And so I am going to sneakily pile on for a three-way convergence. The oh. only character oh, that we have. Oh, what? That's so great because I did for some reason I thought I was going to get flack for casting Sandra in like this no. old lady role. No. Knowing Even nothing about like it, vibrant... I'll cast my vote in as a fourth because I love Sandra so much. <laughs> Unheard of. Because it means so much. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I mean, she might be like older in years, but she's in no way decrepit or infirm. That's true. Her yeah. personality is vivacious. She's clearly like her career is in a great place. It I seems mean, to she's me. Maggie Smith. So <laughs> and, and that. Before we jump into more, I mean, we've already talked about a lot of secondary characters, but mm-hmm. before we keep going, should we talk about like? Some different conceptual things, like who's going to compose this opera. Sure, what are you thinking? Because I have no Who, idea. Well, obviously it's going to be a libretto by J.K. Rowling. Yes, go on. Yeah. Um, but you, to be honest, Duh. Does I'm that not... count as a convergence? <laughs> yes, <laughs> just asking, yes. But, I mean, to be honest, I hadn't thought so much about who the composer would be. I always think mm. of, like, English opera currently. I think of, like, Jake Heggie. Is American. Well, I, I, I meant in the language of English. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Sorry. Uh, qualifier. Mean, yeah, yeah, no. I well, I do mean, agree that I feel I like this opera British. should be more traditional sounding than like, I mean, the only British composer I can think of right now is like Thomas Addis, mm-hmm. which no. might be not the right fit. Although, like I, I although he does right do work right. for countertenor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with all of the countertenors that we're incorporating yeah. here, maybe. But I feel like Th- more this like is a part... Peggy or like a Mark Adamo I or would, John Corleone. I would go with Mark Adamo for that, although this is the part where I'm really wishing that the Harry Potter universe were real so I could use the Resurrection Stone. Sorry, Naomi. It does exactly what it sounds like it does. <laughs> okay. um, I would really love to have Benjamin Britten write this. The I think Benjamin Britten... Um, and he's also got that ability, of course, so to cool. compose incredibly well for the countertenor voice. Yeah, Benjamin yep. Britten would be amazing. Hmm. But given that I do not have a resurrection stone to mm. hand, I would agree with Adamo. Well, there's that. What about any like product, like the production, the visuals of the production? It has to be super whimsical, I think. I think the I woman, like that. Um, what's her name, that did the, the Cursed Child, Christine Jones... I think she's got to do this as well. Because mm. even Sorry, though it has she, not come Was she a designer America, or the director? The designer. She designed uh, Have you seen anything? At the Met. She I've did seen, The Cursed Child? She oh. did The Cursed Child. And I have only seen really? pictures. But seen when few. it comes to America, which of course it will, mm-hmm. um, just the stuff that goes on in that play is so crazy because it happens in real time on stage. I and didn't realize that it's she... In, it's incredible, and mm-hmm. I think... I didn't realize yeah. that she did it. How great that somebody who's... Done an opera production. Yeah, has also done the Cursed Child. That's great. Yeah. So another thing, and this maybe this will transition into talking about more secondary characters. Um, well, yeah, this just is a character. So at the top of our, the <laughs> top of our secondary characters list for some reason is <laughs> Filch. Oh yeah. Which I had nobody. I didn't get that on the list. So I don't have a specific person, but what I will say is I think it should be a speaking role. Okay. Mm. Oh, interesting. Because okay. Filch is Naomi in the Harry Potter world. <laughs> the Harry thing, Potter world. I love where you're yeah. going with this. So hopefully this isn't like a derogatory term. Hopefully I'm not 
uh, it, offending anybody. But it's in the books. He is what is known as a squib, which is somebody who has magic parents, okay, but They're does not have magic abilities themselves. <gasps> so because... who did you cast as your speaking role? And maybe on the fly I can do this now. Ian McKellen. Well, no, I was just going to say the guy that originally, I don't know his name, but the actor that's in the movies, I feel like does a really good job of Filch, or at least how I see Filch. Chevy Ian McKellen did. She's all right. No, She's Ian, writing the Ellen McKellen. Ian McKellen too. is too dignified. Filch is kind of Patrick a... Stewart. Actually, I'll try to do. <laughs> I, I mean, just like throwing out actors you love here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of actors you love, though, I, I'm I'm genuinely backing this. Um, is a, another one in that crew. What about Sir Derek Jacobi? I'm into it as well. <laughs> what is he in? Everything. Everything. I don't. I don't. Everything that British. Was name. Uh, he, he, I mean, what, what was that he in the That is true. There are, there are six he, British actors and actresses <laughs> and that are in yeah, every, everything British. Okay, he's in a current television show called Vicious. He was in Gladiator, if you want to go back to a big American blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, wait, which character he was he in Gladiator? He was the Senator Crassius, was that his name? I don't remember. I, I'm, I'm going to blank on the name. He was one of the senators, and he, he, he backed the, the Russell Crowe Gladiator. You know, he was, he was oh. on the side of right and good ethics. Oh. I know who you're talking about. Non-corruptness, hey. whatever that was. He did King Lear at BAM. He did King Lear at BAM, which oh, I saw, which was incredible. It was electrifying. He, you know, he's Shakespearean trained. He has, like, amazing vocal talents. If you saw Kenneth Branagh's film version of Henry V, he played the mm -hmm. chorus. Mm. He was very famous for an older British television show called I, Claudius, based on the Robert Graves books, and he played the Emperor Claudius. I mean, before it he was Emperor. It is dirty. It is it's, it's amazing, and it also It's about time we get to something dirty yeah. on Opera mm -hmm. After Dark. That's true. Get that explicit rating going. Well, not dirty, but to loop back to Patrick Stewart, it, that show, I, Claudius, features a Patrick Stewart young enough to have hair. Whoa. What? Right? Whoa. He kind of looks better bald. Oh, he looks great bald. Yeah, it's fabulous. I'm into it. Well, uh, in continuing in our secondary characters, we've already, I mean, we already have James. We've discussed that. Mm -hmm. Lily we Potter. Lily. We, we have not. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I had Alina Garancha as Lily Potter. Hmm. I had Anne Sophie von Otter. Hmm. Hmm. I wasn't really sure, but I wanted somebody who could like play kind of young because she was like a young parent. And I just saw her in Yanufa, Oksana Dika. Okay. I thought she was great. I think she could give that kind of like, I love my child so much and would die for my child vibe. Good, because that's kind of all you do. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing. For sure. Let go, Harry. <laughs> Let go. Okay, so we have Arthur. We talked about Arthur. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what about Molly? Susan yeah. Graham. Oh, that would be good. I'm down. I had Pat Reset, but I'm down. I had Pat okay. Reset. Wow. Uh, funnily enough, I had Pat Reset uh, not as Molly, but as Aunt Petunia. <laughs> oh, I could see that too. I did not cast an Aunt Petunia or either. an Uncle Vernon. Uh, Luna was another character that we had on the secondary list that we haven't talked about yet. Oh, I had fun with that. I actually cast, do you guys remember in The Tempest a bunch of years ago, the woman that played Ariel? Her name is Audrey Luna. Yes. Just crazy, no. really high coloratura, crazy hmm. coloratura. That's who I cast as Luna hmm. Lovegood. Okay. Um, well, I have to admit, I remember none of that. I like the coloratura concept very much, actually. Mm -hmm. Me too. Uh, yeah. Though, in fact, I went with Danielle Denise. Hmm. Oh, okay. I can oh, see I that. Partly, oh. partly inspired by her... Uh, 
was it the Tempest as well, actually? Yeah, I think she was in the she Tempest. She was Ariel in she was Chanted, Chanted Island. Island. Chanted Island, excuse mm. me, thank you. Which I'm getting confused because it's based on Shakespeare's The Tempest, yep, though right. they, you know, morphed it up Pasticcio. for that. Pasticcio. Yes, Pasticcio, thank you. Which I also, some of the look and stagecraft going on in that, I think, would not be amiss in our Harry Potter productions. Fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I actually now want to change, based off of this conversation, I just had Natalie to say come to my mind. Yeah. I think she would do a really good job with kind of that crazy. I think she would. I think she would do a good job with crazy, which is why I cast her as Ah. Bellatrix. Oh, I cast the one and only, I cast in everything, Barbara Hannigan. Yes! (laughs) Whoa! You guys need to form the Barbara Hannigan fan club. We already have. We already have. Definitely. <laughs> again, oh, wow. again, again, Barbara. Card-carrying members right there. If you're listening to this, honestly, any role that you want in this, I'm fine with. If you want to play Harry, that's cool. Um, <laughs> Why is it that... Well, I already answered my question. I was going to say, you can be obsessed with Barbara Hannigan, and it's fine, but I'm obsessed with Isabel Leonard, and that's weird. Because it's not a sexual thing, my obsession with Whoa! And there's the dirty. I don't know if I would explicitly say that... Would you not? I would not. No? I don't think... I mean, I think she's a beautiful woman, mm-hmm, but I don't... It's mm-hmm. not a purely sexual thing. Hamana, 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 hamana. Oh, yeah, jeez, wow. Hmm. Okay, so, moving on. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. Opera After Dark. Um, so, I... I run out of characters. As Bellatrix Lestrange, I cast the seemingly always crazy as of late, <laughs> Nina Stemma. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I yeah, I could see that. I, I'd buy that, actually. I think yeah. she could go nuts as Bellatrix Lestrange, and it would scare all of us. Yeah. I also think she would be a good McGonagall. Yeah. 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 Okay, I don't know if he's on your list of singers, but I'm just so proud of this one for looks and for names that I have to throw it out there, is that I did cast Victor Crumb as Ildar... Yeah, Ildar Abracadabra, because how perfect is that? That is perfect. perfect. I I wanted to cast Ildar, but I didn't think of a good fit, but he's perfect. Oh, he's Victor. For Victor Crumb. Mm -hmm. Very, very much. I mean, just like, look at the names. Crumb, 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 Crumb. Yeah, that's so good. It makes wow. sense. Wow. Do you have any others? Uh, I do. Um, I had Carita Matila as Madame Hooch. Oh, okay. the Quidditch instructor. That's really good. Yeah, because I, th- yeah. I thought she could kind of bring the sassy there, which mm-hmm. seems like a good sports coach attitude. We should put Frederica von Stade in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I had her as the fat lady. <laughs> oh, oh, I love it. Which is so obviously not. I think she'd be great Cross in that. Crosswood. Yeah. Yeah. For Naomi and anybody else not intimately familiar with the, the books and the films, the fat lady is actually a talking portrait whom you give a password to. The portrait swings open and you're allowed to get into your dormitory in the castle of Hogwarts. I see. And so she says, is giving me the worst shame eye over here. <laughs> Password. Yeah. So I thought I don't have a shame bell on my phone anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a mistake. Shame. Shame. Uh, I also had uh, Placido Domingo as Nearly Headless Nick. Oh yeah. Interesting. I like that actually. I thought that would be fun, and I also thought that he could also do some nice sort of like ghost moaning Mm. if necessary. And moaning brings me to Moaning Myrtle, who is another ghost, who I had Renee Fleming singing. Oh. 
See, yeah. I, I tend to think of moaning as, I mean, again, perhaps like the way the actress portrayed her in the film. That's true. But I like mean, when I, just when I hear moan, I tend to think lower automatically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can understand based on the personality. Well, maybe moaning might also be like a contralto. What about Stephanie Blythe? Oh, oh she hasn't been in yeah. this. You know, I, I thought this. about her, but I ultimately just, it, I, I thought about it, and that was as far okay. as I got. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have uh, we have a pretty solid casting. And yeah. We've talked. I mean, for a we've while made no decisions this, yeah. about any of the major roles. But well, that's fine. Well, we'll then we'll leave it me. open, and hopefully, everybody that listens to this will go on to Facebook. Can't all three people. Time out. I want to give you my parting gift, Kyle. Oh, sure, sure. Which oh, is parting a, gift. Um, I cast your girlfriend as Cho Chang. Oh. oh. Cho Chang. Harry's yeah. like first big crush love. She's oh, like super beautiful be- and spunky. And yeah. I am so She gets some Veritas serum so and betrays Jane. her friends, but it's not her fault. Some of the Harry Potter music. Yeah. Hey, potions happen in operas, in case you haven't noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Lots of them. Oh, oh, yes. I could see her as a Cho Chang. Hmm. She would do great. I could also see her as a Hermione. Mm. We're playing it that way. My Hermione was the best Hermione, so it's fine. Who was your Hermione? Tara Rock. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, okay, well, you have heard our castings for yes. this Harry Potter opera that we will totally make happen. Yay! Mark Adama, <laughs> I hope you're listening. Yeah, yeah. And J.K. Rowling, I hope you're cool with this. Yeah. But Shall how, we start a Kickstarter? Yeah, how great <laughs> would it be to see everybody else's yeah. fantasy Harry yes, Potter please. casting? Because mm-hmm. I know you probably have one. If we can, if we'll put a form up fan. on social media for you guys to fill out and send to us so we can hear your thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if there's not a form, just comment right there on Facebook. Sure. We're just too lay it lazy down. for a form. Besides, you don't have to do the whole form. You could just one, two, five, ten characters. How there's lots. Feel? There's so you many. You just drop it. And I say Facebook because Lord knows on Twitter there's, there's not enough characters. Story. You can do like one casting. character at a time. Yeah. yeah. Unless one you did tweet. a list, made it an image, and posted the image. Ooh, nice oh. Twitter hack. Yeah. Yeah. Which will now not impinge at all on your 140 character limit. Mm-hmm. All right, oh, everyone. This was episode 10. <laughs> <laughs> we also hope you enjoy uh, going to see Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yes, I hope in theaters we'll see you there. Today. Today. Uh, the day that this is airing. Mm-hmm. And hey, if you need to kill time while you're waiting in line for the midnight showing, because I know you are, <laughs> hopefully you're listening to this. <laughs> and if the producers are listening to this, this free plug will come to you courtesy of the tickets you're going to send us. Yes, thank you, oh, Ed yeah. Redmayne. Yeah, but in the meantime... Wait. Find us on operaafterdark.com, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook, Opera After Dark, Twitter, Opera After Dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, read the blog, do the stuff. And a huge thank you to Emily. Thank you, Emily, being our, special, our you. first special guest. Thank I am you. so honored. I am thrilled. I hope I get asked back. Of and course. I will continue listening, and everybody out there should too. Oh, what a great play. Oh, thank you. In that you. case, we'll see you in the next episode of <laughs> Opera After Dark. Bye. Bye.
Where, where do we leave that off? Well, Dumbledore. So, Voldemort. So, yeah, let's jump right into Voldemort because we're not going to agree on Dumbledore. We all think that we're right. I just Naomi is not weighing in. <laughs> Dumbledore. Think Naomi like Gandalf, but Gandalf. in Harry Potter. Do you not know Lord of the Rings either? <gasps> No, I do know Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it's so like, I didn't live like, under multiple rocks. <laughs> multiple <laughs> you're thinking like, like, oh, McCallum, like, Sergei and McCallum, right? They're both sirs. Get your hand off her leg. Are they really? <laughs> you know, that's a terrible, like. persuading me of the That's something that, that is a sad. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to throw out a few names I'm surprised didn't come up. Yes. Okay. They might. I still have a few random people that okay. I just had fun with. Rene Papa. I I came across his name, but I just I didn't okay. really need a He base. did not make yeah. my final cut, but believe it or not, he was in the running for my Cornelius Fudge. The oh. name itself has convinced me. Cornelius, Cornelius Fudge. Fudge is a minister <laughs> yeah. in the Ministry of Magic. And a, a little bit in like the PM. What else is on your uh, list? It's time for Harry Oh, oh not good the key. <laughs> it's time for Harry Potter. Well, you know what would be interesting that we didn't even cover was, you know, how much of uh, all the film music would get wrapped into it. Oh, yeah. If any. I think it would be really hard to not have Hedwig's theme. None of it. That would be the better way to go, although I would really love to hear no, no, the no. metal orchestra play Hedwig's theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But not only that, but like have somebody play the snitch. You have somebody like with a yellow yeah. Oh yeah. T-shirt just run around like a fucking nut. And yeah, the caught. snitch is a human. <laughs> I would <laughs> <laughs> Although you know what I think would be better? Buy a drone. Oh, that would be cool. You know, fly at a certain level, <laughs> spray paint it gold. That would, <laughs> that would be cool. I think gone. people started doing Oh no. <laughs> Like I would like to play the snitch <laughs> <laughs> There'd have to be a Quidditch game, which would be like this amazing like octet or something uh -huh. with the chorus, you know? Oh my god. Is there actually going to be singing in the Quidditch game or is it just going to be all orchestral and like a dance? You know what? Oh, oh. I actually That's think it would be more question. fun to have a really interesting like layered thing like, you know, <laughs> where's the bludger? Where's the bludger? Guard my space. Guard my space. Get that guy. You know what I mean?